2: Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. By Margaret Mead Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar
3: and great Nonprofit. I'm Andrea Smith. And I'm Caitlin Darrow, and today's show is about ecology, which is a branch of science concerned with the interrelationship of organisms and their environment. I'll be kicking off the show with information on going green during COVID-19, but before I get ahead of myself, I would like to share more about our current programming during the pandemic. As part of our disaster relief outreach program, Be The Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, musicians, and other creatives who have had their performances canceled by COVID-19. Make sure you are tuned in to Star Style, Be The Star You Are on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. PST for Wednesdays with writers and performers and express yourself airing on Sundays at 3 p.m. for Super Smart Sundays both broadcasting right here on Voice America Network's Empowerment Channel. Thank you, California Humanities and NEH, for helping Cynthia Bryan continue to produce quality programming during this time. Today, we have a great hour planned for you. In segment
2: two, we will be interviewing Hirsch Wilson, author of Firefighter, Firefighter Zen, A Field Guide to Thriving in Tough Times. But before we speak with Hirsch, our very own Caitlin Darrow
3: will be getting the show started. Take it away, Caitlin. Thank you so much, Andrea. Uh, COVID-19 has been an eye-opening experience for the world. Um, As we mentioned earlier in the show, many artists, actors, creatives have had their projects canceled. Most of us have been directly affected, whether through the illness of loved ones, canceled plans, or adaptations into the new normal. It has been a difficult adjustment to say the least, but one of the things that lifted my heart was the positive environmental changes that have occurred, especially when the pandemic was initially spreading and quarantine was extremely strict. It seems like while humanity stayed home, the earth was able to repair itself in some small ways. As I mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has resulted in canceled plans for most of us. Personally, my family was going to fly from New Jersey to California to see me graduate from UCLA. I also had a trip planned to Japan during this time to see the 2020 Summer Olympics and obviously all of this has been cancelled or postponed. While I was initially upset, I began thinking about how this decline in planned travel is significantly helping planet Earth. There has been a significant drop in air pollution as people stay home during the quarantine. I wanted to share some quick numbers that scientists have um, come up with and shared. And for me personally, these numbers have certainly opened my eyes. For example, in early April, daily carbon emissions were down by 17% all across the world. And then in certain parts of the globe, this number was even higher. So for example, in China, Lockdowns and other measures resulted in a 25% reduction in carbon emissions and a 50% reduction in nitrogen oxide emissions. Furthermore, quarantine across the globe has caused an economic slowdown. And while this may initially seem negative because of all the businesses, especially small businesses and industries being negatively affected, I'm trying to focus on the positive ecological results. For example, the economic slowdown has caused a significant drop in pollution levels. I read one study that stated how Wuhan, China's pollution has actually decreased by 25 to 40 percent because there are less people um, simply out on the street. The lockdowns have also caused a reduction in air traffic, oil refining and coal consumption, which again contributes to a decrease in overall pollution levels. In Venice, Italy, the water in the canals became much clearer and there was a greater water flow um, when the lockdowns began happening a few months ago. Um, the water in the it, basically this was a direct result of COVID because there was a decrease in boat travel traffic in the canals, and because of this, the water had more clarity due to the settling of sediment that is typically disturbed by boat traffic and pollution in the waterways. So to me, it's really incredible to think about um, how all of this has such a chain effect, um, and hopefully our world can just slowly begin to repair itself as everyone is at home. Besides water and air, animals have also been reaping the benefits of COVID-19. As people stayed at home due to the lockdown and travel restrictions, some animals were spotted again in cities. For example, sea turtles were spotted laying eggs on beaches that they once avoided, um, such as on the coast of the Bay of Bengal, due to the lowered levels of human interference. To continue, in the United States, fatal vehicle collisions with animals such as deer, Elk, moose, bears, and mountain lions fell by 58% during March and April since there weren't as many people on the roads during that time. In closing, while I know we're in the new normal right now and perhaps things will eventually return to the way it was, I can only hope that we have a better and brighter future than we did before. Maybe this time in quarantine has sparked new hobbies and made us realize the importance of spending time with family. On the ecology side of things, I hope that we reduce our human footprints in the future. I just think that we are so incredibly lucky to be living on this planet. And I think collectively, we could take better care of Mother Nature. Yeah,
2: I completely agree with you, Caitlin. I feel like this quarantine has really helped Um, give our ecosystems and nature a little bit of a break. And it's so incredible to see how quickly um, nature can heal. And so I really loved your segment. Um, So how can we make an impact as individuals in the future to help like ecology and our ecosystems?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, in my segment, I focused a little bit more about the collective impact, especially as so many people have been staying home. Um, but I do think that we can make a pretty big impact just as individuals. Um, so for me, I think staying in Los Angeles has been such an interesting uh, thing for me to witness like the, the lowered levels of pollution. And now as maybe, maybe perhaps people as um, strict on the quarantine as they were back in March and April, Um, seeing those levels of pollution rise again, um, it's been a little bit disappointing. But for me, I think that some of the ways that we can individually make an impact. um, To begin, I would say reusable masks are really great. Um, Obviously, we should all be wearing our masks anywhere that we go um, to help decrease the spread of the virus. People are still getting COVID-19, people are still dying every day. So wearing the mask is so important, but I've been seeing a lot of individuals only using the disposable ones. But I think by getting a reusable one, then, you know, we're not creating as much waste. Um, I think another great idea and something that I began doing myself was uh, making our own hand sanitizer. Um, it's really not that difficult. Um, especially if you are able to get um like a high alcohol content of a liquid, and um, it's pretty easy to make. um, And also it ends up reducing plastic waste. Um, I initially did not want to make my own hand sanitizer, but I was actually forced to when going to the stores. And at that time, back in March and April, it was like impossible (laughs) to get hand sanitizer. So yeah, I was kind of forced to go online and find like some organic uh, recipes, which was pretty cool. And um, also I think if you're uh, buying in bulk for the hand sanitizer is a lot better if you can buy larger containers. I see a lot of people with the mini sizes, which are so convenient and I love them. You can throw them right into your bag, your pocket. But instead of rebuying and rebuying the mini sizes, if you just refill it out of a bulk container, it creates a lot less plastic waste. Because at least down here in Los Angeles, I'm I'm seeing so many masks on the ground and so many little hand sanitizer gels on the ground. And it's just upsetting to see that level of pollution.
2: Yeah, that's actually really smart to just refill it. Um, I'll definitely do that. And so have there been any changes in farming and food production?
3: Yeah, I think um, I wanted to mention in my segment too a bit about farming and food production during COVID 19. Um, I'm not an expert on this, but I do try to buy locally from farmers markets where I can interact directly with the farmers. And I feel incredibly lucky to be in California, which to me is a very progressive place and pretty eco conscious. Um, So there are lots and lots of farmers markets around. Um so while I'm not quite sure what food production looks like across the world, um at least here in LA or California, I've definitely noticed a great sense of community, um especially when it comes to supporting small businesses and local businesses. Um community supported agriculture is certainly on the rise with direct sell delivery systems. So because people are a bit more reluctant to enter heavily populated areas such as grocery stores, I think that we're more receptive to these local farmer delivery services. Um, and there's a couple different services too that are national and not just for California. But um, I know of Farm Fresh to You and also Imperfect Foods um, which deliver produce right to your door and supports local farmers. So um, I do think that the local farmers, while they have been greatly, um, affected. Um, I'm hoping that throughout this time, people can come together more as a community. And I know I've been trying to support local businesses myself and in, in every aspect, whether it's toiletries or food, just trying to, you know, let these local businesses know that we're still there and we're still supporting them. Um, have you been also trying to shift a bit to support local businesses during COVID? Yes, like
2: definitely, as you were saying, the online, how you could use these like companies to get food at the grocery store for you. I know we've been using Instacart and mm. it's really interesting to see how like all these companies such as Uber Eats and DoorDash, like it's really interesting to see the move from in being at the restaurant to like at home and having everything delivered but Mm. yeah I definitely our family tries to eat like local family restaurants nearby like every week to help support them because it's been really hard
3: yeah absolutely. And I know it's been at least again, I can only speak to my experience in California. I know Covid is happening all over the world. Um, but, yeah, it's been quite sad to see, especially some of the businesses opened and then they had to close again and then um opening at minimum capacity, you know, while they're still having yeah. to pay rent. And I just can't imagine. and. Um, I've also have been starting to use more of the food delivery (laughs) services for eats or things like that. And I actually have quite a few friends too, who lost their jobs during COVID-19 and now they're working as a delivery food person. So I always also just try to tip pretty well if I am going to be going out, um, or if I am going to be using those services just because those delivery workers, I'm always thinking, you know, they're probably putting themselves at risk, um, even though they're um, maybe not a healthcare worker, they're still the grocery store workers, the food delivery people. Um, you know, they're all still out there and exposing yeah, themselves and the front to the virus. Lines. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely interesting to to think about. And um, you had mentioned earlier how it was so intriguing to see how quickly earth could repair itself and I think that that really struck me too because yeah I remember initially when quarantine first happened back in March seeing the articles about the Venice Canals and just being so surprised at how quickly um, those environmental changes happened.
2: Yeah I just hope that now um, government leaders put more of an emphasis on changing public policy to continue this so that in the future like nature continues to heal itself and we go keep on moving forward instead of back again.
3: Yeah, no I totally totally agree. I think that some of the changes while we can hold ourselves responsible as individuals, it can be a bit discouraging I think sometimes because I feel like the big changes, they're the ones that come more at the government level and yeah. more at the public policy level. So um, you know, trying to even just, uh, I've been just trying to inform myself as well. And, you know, with voting seasons coming up and just trying to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's so many, especially in like California, so many different propositions and things that you need to, you know, really know and read about. And, um, but luckily today, I feel like there's a lot of, um, knowledge out there and it's a lot easier to, read through and make an informed decision, no matter what that decision um, is. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. That
2: was such a meaningful segment. I feel like it's very informative in today's world. Check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative videos on living laughing and learning visit us at www.btsya.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com I'm Andrea Smith
3: and I'm Caitlin Darrow keep on listening to our conversation about the power of ecology as we interview firefighter and writer Hirsch Wilson on Express Yourself after the break.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: If you are ready to be inspired,
2: Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel I'm Andrea Smith, and we are here today with Hirsch Wilson, who is a fire hero and has saved the lives and homes of so many people. He has volunteered for 30 years as a firefighter and now dedicates his life to helping individuals and organizations see the world as firefighters do and learn how to thrive through traumatic and stressful
3: times. I'm Caitlin Darrow. In addition to being a firefighter veteran, Hirsch Wilson is also a storyteller committed to explaining how first responders can change how we see and experience our own lives. In his real job, he is a writer, speaker, and consultant. In the past 25 years, Hirsch has worked extensively with leadership teams from a variety of organizations, including Kodak, IBM, Japan, Um, Altria, the United States Postal Service, the CIA, Kraft Foods, and Baxter Healthcare, to just name a few. He has co-written three national business bestsellers with Larry Wilson, including the award-winning Playing to Win, Choosing Growth Over Fear in Work and in Life. We are super excited to have him on the show today. Welcome to Express Yourself, Hirsch.
6: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
3: Yeah, we're
2: excited for you to be here. So our producer, Cynthia Bryan, was just telling us about the fires, the California fires affecting her home. There are 367 fires burning in California right now. How can we respond as citizens and keep ourselves safe during this
6: time? I think that's a very important question. And I would say a couple things. Know what's going on. This is not a time to have to be checked out on um, on uh, social media, but you need to know what's going on in your neighborhood in your area so that uh, you can, uh, if, if you need to move, if you need to get out, you can go fast. Second yeah. is to have, and I'm sure you know about this, is to have a go bag so that if you have to go, you can grab something quickly, uh, get your animals and get out. So those are my uh, um, two most important things. Third is make sure you have a coordinated plan with your parents, uh, if you're alone or or your parents at work, about where you're going to meet in the case you have to get out. So those Mm. are my three bullet points.
3: Thank you so, so much for sharing. It's definitely quite scary um, over here. Yeah,
6: I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, too, I guess, a bit more um, about that, because right now, there's it's actually these very rare um, fire tornadoes happening in California. I, I know. Yeah, the state was um, struck by lightning uh, 10,849 times over the course of 72 hours over the weekend.
6: Unbelievable.
3: Uh, so Unbelievable. crazy. Right. Um, and then, of course, as a result, this unusual lightning storm and historic heat wave have led to an especially fierce fire yes. this year. Yep. Um, so I, I guess I just wanted to ask you, how do firefighters keep their bravery when they're running into the fires, when everyone else is running away? Um, I just can't even imagine, you know, being in that, that position.
6: Sure. I think um, a lot of it has to do with our training, right? So we're trained to fight fires and we go through a lot of training to understand fire understand our equipment, uh, to understand what we can and cannot do, so what might appear as a, a risk to civilians is really something that, that we manage and we can manage uh, manage well. I think the other thing is that's really important is we depend on each other, right? We always talk about in the fire service, we've got your back. Um, everybody's going to come home alive. That's our motto. So we are very, very safety conscious when we go to a fire. Uh, And I watched one of the fire tornadoes. uh, It was on, um, I think, Facebook. And it was unbelievable. And uh, and something like that, we're probably going to retreat uh, until we can figure out a plan to fight it effectively without getting anybody hurt.
2: Wow. That's still so amazing to me though, the amount of courage and bravery that firefighters have. And I noticed that your book is about firefighting and Zen. So what is the connection between the two?
6: Okay. That's a good question. So I think of um, Zen and firefighting as two separate roads to the same conclusion. Um, and I want to be, you know, it's, it's, it, I want to be really specific and clear. It's, it's what you, what you learn as a firefighter is how valuable life is. Um, How, you know, I know Um, I, I use, how old are you? Are you 17,
2: 18? 17.
6: Awesome. So, um, so it can, it can appear that although now in the pandemic and all these fires, you probably are much more intelligent and wise than I was at 17. When I was at 17, I thought I was going to live forever. Um, but, but so what firefighting teaches is that life um, is short. Uh, we have to grab onto it. All we're promised is today and that, that we're all going to go through suffering. Um, and I think that's I think what we're learning right now in the pandemic and all the fires uh, is that That we all might have had would have had plans in March, and and in March everybody threw away their calendars because what's the point? Um, You can't make plans, Um, and that's but that's the way life is for everybody, and that's what firefighter firefighting teaches is everybody has a story, everybody's going through something, right? Everybody's (laughs) suffering at some level, and um, and what we have to do is understand that and then try to rise above that to find to find joy. And we can talk about how you find joy in a
3: minute. Mm, amazing. Um, yeah, I would love really just to hear more about this book that you published, Firefighters Zen. I think it's really incredible that you've combined these um, backgrounds of being a firefighter, being a writer, and um, just having everyday civilians being able to relate to that.
6: Sure. I, th- I think... Um, so I've been a firefighter for about 33 years, and the things that it has taught me um, is what we've talked about—that that life is short, and there's there's glitches out there like pandemics and wildfires that can change your life plans in an instant, and we have to be ready for that. Um, and once once we kind of accept that as how life is, then we can then we know that we can do a couple of things that make a big difference. Um, the first is we have to learn to be brave. You don't get through life without being brave. And the way I think about it is, um, and I remember I wish somebody had, talked, had taught me this in high school, but every time you come up on a decision to ask yourself, what is the brave choice? What is the bravest thing I can do right now? And you think about it um, in, in in school, about should i take a hard class or should I take an easy class right what's the bravest thing i can do um you know if you want to ask somebody out but you're you know you're you're kind of scared and you're nervous and all that kind of stuff that that happens you ask yourself what's the bravest choice and if you can learn to in small situations to continually ask what is the bravest thing i can do as you get older uh, and And, as you become an adult, if that's if that's a question you always ask yourself, you're gonna have a much more fulfilling life. It doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. It doesn't mean there's not going to be setbacks, but by always asking what's the bravest thing I can do, you will have a much more fulfilling life.
2: yeah, bravery is a virtue that I value a lot. My name actually means brave and, really awesome. yeah. <laughs> and I. It's sometimes hard, you know, to choose, like, I feel like right now just the fear of failure, especially in high school for teens. Oh, sure. Some, like, sometimes it's really hard to kind of silence that voice in your head. And Absolutely. You mentioned in your book that firefighters are trained to be fully in the moment and to be present And like to the heartbeat, the life at hand, similar to Zen practices. So, like, how can we learn to kind of shut that voice in our head, you know, that voice telling us to not go for it and to be in the present?
6: Well, I think first we have to admit that that's one of the hardest challenges everybody has. It's, you know, as kids, your teachers, um, um, the adults in your life all have the same problem it is universal right um and and so you're not alone and i think a lot of time we feel like i'm the only one who has no self-confidence right or i'm (laughs) the only one who's who's scared to do this or that and the fact is we all are it's just and the older i get the more astounded i am by the fact that we all go through that so Knowing that it's, it's kind of a universal thing, that everybody is going through that, makes it a little easier for us to really kind of listen to what we're saying to ourselves and challenge that voice, right? Because um, I think of fear of failure, just take fear of failure. Um, we are going to fail, right? We're going to yeah. fail. We're going to fail at a lot of things because if you're not failing, then you're not pushing yourself. Does that make sense? um yeah that makes sense right so you have to ask yourself you have to get beyond the point of failure and say so what's the worst thing that can happen if i fail right what is the worst thing in our minds we make up for example if i if i if i fail this test right i'm probably going to fail this class if i fail this class i'm not going to get into college if i don't <laughs> get into college i'm going to end up Uh, homeless on the street, nobody will love me, right?
2: (laughs) That is the exact conversation I have in my head. (laughs)
6: Right, right. And that's just so crazy. That's irrational. Do you know what I mean? That's just irrational. But that's the kind of conversation that we have with ourselves constantly, all the time, in our self-talk. And so we have to really say, stop, take a breath, what is, what, if I fail this test, what is the most reasonable thing that might happen, right? What is the worst thing that might happen? What is the best thing that might happen? And kind of have, have uh, a kind of a, a rational adult conversation with ourself. Um There's a, a, a guy in Canada who he decided, because he was so afraid of failing, that he decided to go out and fail as often as he possibly could, doing little things. Like getting rejected, um, applying for jobs and not getting them, and just fail and fail and fail and fail and fail, and fail until that voice went away, right? Wow. Um, which is an astonishing thing to do, but it's exactly right. We need to, we can get over that voice, get over, get over that. And I think it's part of growing up is realizing that we're going to fail, we'll get over it, we're not going to die, we're not going to end up on the street, right? We'll get through it.
3: Yeah wow thank you so much for sharing sure. that wisdom especially because you know we do all have that negative self-talk sometimes absolutely and that that fragile ego can kind of come to the surface so um i yeah. love you kind of asking that question of okay like what's legitimately what's like the worst that could happen and in most right. of these cases it's like when you fail it's really it's really not that bad you know it's yep. maybe a bit of um, embarrassment or rejection but right. you know it's um That's okay.
6: (laughs) Yeah. You can't die from embarrassment, no matter who tells you.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Very true. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I had read that you received your bachelor's in writing and um, clearly you've had such a successful career as a writer. So what made you pursue firefighting? How did you get led down that path? Um, Because obviously uh, quite different from, you know, being in the comfort of your home and being the right. type way on a laptop and then being out on the front lines.
6: Right. Well, it's a long story. I mean, so I'll make it short. But I started out, I went to college when I was 18. Um, I, I lasted two years. And then I quit college and was a dancer and was a dancer, was a dancer for uh, 12 years, a ballet dancer. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah. And then I went back to college at the University of Minnesota and got my degree. And then I, I just uh, worked for a while. And then uh, I met my wife, we got married, and we moved to Santa Fe for work. And what happened was, and again, I was uh, my background had been dancing, right? And how dancing connects to firefighting, I don't get. But um, she was working at a conference center, and one of their guests fell and broke her, her ankle. And there was no medical help out there at all. It was way out in the country. And Lori, uh, you know, they didn't know what to do. They finally got an ambulance and lori my wife decided this this was never going to happen again so she went to an emergency medical technician class which was about 6 months and at the end of that class the instructor said why don't you join a fire department so that you can keep your skills up well she decided after hearing that that both of us should, should join so she dragged me to the fire department i had no idea what a volunteer fire department was i couldn't see myself knocking doors down with an axe And I had a thing about blood and gore, so I just think, this is not going to work. But she dragged me there, and uh, she convinced me to stay, and she was very enthusiastic about it. It took me a little while longer, but after about two or three months, I really loved it and thought, you know, this is the most important thing I can be doing uh, other than supporting my family is helping take care of people. So that's how it started.
2: Wow. Your life is so inspiring. Like everything that you've done, just even just leaving college to pursue dance. I find that it's, it's really, I I feel like a lot of people want to conform to society norms, like societal norms and are too scared to pursue what they love to do. They don't have that courage. And so how do you find courage in everything that you do?
6: Um, by failing a lot,
2: <laughs>
6: and and realizing you don't die, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and by trying new things, uh, uh, and by continually not being comfortable, being comfortable. Does that make sense? I think I think what happens, and and I think what you said about conforming to society, really, really important for you guys to get that. Everybody has their own path, right? And only you can define your path. Uh, and you have to listen to the voice inside you that says, This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Um, because I know th- this is going to sound morbid, but you don't want to get towards the end of your life and ask the question, What could I have done? Who could I have become? Right? Life is too yeah. short, and you got to. You got You know you. You have to listen to society. You have to listen to your parents, but um, at the end of the day, it is your life, and you have to make the choices for yourself about who you want to be.
3: Wow. Yeah, that's just. Uh, yeah, that's so amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing that.
6: Sure, and I just want to add one other part, is that. You guys are probably the most important generation that we have seen in in a hundred years in this country, right? Um, um, what you do, how you decide to take on things like climate change, um, uh, racial justice, um, getting through this pandemic—how, how, what you guys choose to do will determine the fate of the country, if not the world. So. So I don't want to put a whole lot of weight on your shoulders because I want you to have <laughs> fun and enjoy your lives. But you've got um, a lot, a lot ahead of you, a lot ahead of you. And I'm, I'm, I coach soccer at high school, so I, I get to interact with kids all the time. Of course, not this year, but I'm just so um, inspired by, by you, and inspired by your intelligence and your passion. It just, it's really wonderful to see.
3: Oh well, thank you. Sure. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it definitely seems like, you know, in service to others, that's where we can find fulfillment and find inner peace. That seems like something that um, you seem to preach. So
6: yeah. yeah, thank
3: you so much for sharing your perspective. Um, I wanted to segue into another question, um, which is that firefighters literally get under the smoke in order to see clearly. So what would you recommend we do to get under the hypothetical smoke, for example, When faced with a complicated medical diagnosis or during an emergency, how can we clear that fog?
6: Sure. So um, I think that the metaphor means that that in the beginning of an emergency or when there's a difficult time, you need to really see clearly what is going on. Um, What often happens is that we get so caught up in what's going on and we don't know what the answers are. Uh, we don't know what to do, and, and we don't take the time to kind of step back, think clearly what's going on, what's, what, is, what are the facts, right? Um, what can I do? How can I help? But we just, we just kind of get in that panic and anxiety state. So one of the most important things we teach in FIRE is that before you act, see clearly, know what's going on. And the example I always give, if you, we roll up to a car crash, and we go immediately to the car we see, and we miss seeing the tra- the tracks of a car that went off the embankment down the slope, right? Because we get so tunnel-visioned, so focused on, on what we see, that we don't stop and see the big picture.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you again so, so much for sharing your insight, Hirsch. Um, we are coming towards the end of our segment, but mm-hmm. I just really wanted to thank you for being here today. And
6: uh, Thank you really, for having me. Oh,
3: yeah. Thank you again. Yeah, just for being here. And, and I love Santa Fe. I love um, Albuquerque. I always go to the balloon fiesta. So Yay. yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again just so much for um, yeah sharing all of your knowledge. And we just really appreciate having you here today. Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm Kim Darrow. Thank you so much.
2: I'm Andrea Smith learn more about Hirsch Wilson and his book Firefighter Zen a field guide to thriving in tough times at www.hirschwilson.com and stay in touch with him on Facebook Instagram and Twitter found on his website show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501C3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program at Be The Star You Are Keep on listening for more about
3: ecology.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
5: If you are ready to be inspired, and the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at T R N.
3: Welcome back to Express Yourself. This week's show is all about ecology, and for our last segment today, Andrea has a new edition of In the Spotlight. Hi, everyone.
2: I hope you're all having an amazing day so far and staying nice and cool amidst this intense summer heat. I'm Andrea Smith, here to present with you yet again another episode of In the Spotlight, Today in the spotlight is all about ecology, specifically about water and what role H2O plays in our ever-changing world. So let's get right into it. To start things off, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my history with water. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always been a water baby. I have been a swimmer since the age of two and have swam competitively for over 11 years. In addition to the pool, I absolutely love the ocean and I often spend time, um, my free time, laying at the beach and surfing the waves. So, to put it quite simply, the water has always been my second home, a place where I can bring all my worries, my stresses, my anxiety, and let it all dissolve as quickly as a teardrop dissipates in a sea of H2O. The water, is always there to listen to me and to give me an overwhelming feeling of acceptance and love. There have been many times where I would come to swim practice feeling sad, lonely, stressed, and I would leave feeling with peace with myself and with others. When I was younger, I also faced bullying at school and the water would give me escape from all the drama and hatred. So with that, it goes without saying that the water has played a profound role in my life. And looking at the world around me, it is easy to tell that water is what unites anything and everything on this planet. Every single organism on earth relies on water. It is the common thread of all life on earth. But the terrifying thing is, is that water is in more danger than ever before. It's a common misconception that since water covers 70% of our planet, that it will always be plentiful. However, fresh water, what we drink, bathe in, irrigate farm fields with, is incredibly rare. Only 3% of the world's water is fresh water, and two-thirds of that is tucked away in frozen glaciers or otherwise unavailable for our use. As a result, over 1.1 billion people worldwide lack access to water, and a total of 2.7 billion find water scarce for at least one month of the year. Inadequate sanitation is also a problem for 2.4 billion people, which leads to diseases such as cholera and typhoid fever, as well as other waterborne illnesses. Many of the water systems that keep ecosystems thriving and feed a growing human population have become stressed. Rivers, lakes, aquifers are drying up or becoming too polluted to use. The Aral Sea in Central Asia was once the world's fourth largest freshwater lake. But only in three decades, the sea has lost an area the size of Lake Michigan. It is now as salty as an ocean due to excessive pollution and the diversion of water for irrigation and power generation. And as the sea retracted, it has left polluted land putting surrounding ecosystems at great risk. On the topic of lost ecosystems, more than half the world's wetlands, one of the most productive habitats on this planet, have disappeared since the 1900s. Agriculture, another leading cause of water scarcity, consumes 70% of the world's accessible freshwater, but some 60% of this is wasted due to leaky irrigation systems, inefficient application methods, as well as the cultivation of crops that are too thirsty for the environment in which they are grown. In addition to this, agriculture is a leading cause of water pollution as pesticides and fertilizers that wash away from farms leach into major bodies of water, making it toxic for surrounding ecosystems. Climate change is altering patterns of weather and water around the world, causing shortages and droughts in some areas and floods in others. At this rate, situation will only get worse. By 2025, just merely five years away, two-thirds of the world's population may face water shortages, and ecosystems around the world will suffer even more. So what is it that we can do to save our planet and the most precious thing on it? Water. Well, you can help by decreasing the amount of water you use in your day-to-day life, as well as donate to programs such as the World Wildlife Organization and the United Nations Water Program to help work with countries to implement public policies conserving and preserving water. In addition, With the elections coming up, you can do your part in voting for a candidate that feels strongly about climate change and will implement policies to protect our
3: ecosystems. Wow, thank you so, so much for that, Andrea. I feel like I just learned so much about water. Um, That was incredible. And also, I really, really appreciate that you mentioned um, how you know, it's so different across the world, perhaps here in the U S we do have access to clean water. Um, but in a lot of parts of the world, many people, they don't, and it's not always a given. And, and even here in the U S we still have issues in places such as Flint, Michigan. So, um, thank you yeah. for just acknowledging that. And, you know, I know that just having water is such a privilege. So, um, it's such an incredible segment. And I wanted to ask, because you mentioned that you love going to the beach, um, and I'm also uh, living in California. So I wanted to know what are some of your favorite spots or maybe places that you grew up going? Uh, yeah,
2: definitely. Well, I personally love Laguna Beach um specifically Thousand Steps I don't know if you've ever been but it's absolutely gorgeous the water is so clear and it's just so relaxing to just go and read a book and to surf I also love going to San Onofre because they have really nice rolling waves that are like really fun to surf
3: Oh, amazing. Yeah, I love surfing, too. I just started a couple years ago, and I'll typically go to Venice or Malibu, like, near the piers, and I'm definitely um, still learning. I feel like I'm very good at paddling, but still need to work on my pop-ups, but yeah, um, I think that that's so cool, and, um, yeah, surfing is such a fun sport, especially when you do actually get to uh, stand up, and then you feel like you're just, like, flying. It's uh, so incredible.
2: Yes, definitely. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, because I know we're running out of time, uh, my last question for you would be, how can people learn more about our ecosystems and the ways that they can help be stewards of the earth?
2: Oh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of resources out there, especially on the World Wildlife Um, website as well as you can go on the United Nations website. They have different committees such as the Water Committee um, and then the Environmental Committee that have a ton of information on their websites about what we can all do to help be stewards of the earth and protect our ecosystems in the future.
3: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. I think that knowledge is power. So um, definitely anyone listening, um, I hope that you'll feel inspired to look up some more information. Although I do feel like your segment was so informative.
6: Um, Thank you. uh,
3: You're welcome. Um, Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Thank you again so much, Andrea, for your segment. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and thank you for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at BeTheStarYouAre.org. I'm Andrea Smith. You've been listening
2: to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice
3: engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. She's